Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prog Watch. Music that tells a story. With your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello to all my friends out there in Progland, and welcome back to Prog Watch. This is your old pal, Big Tony, and as I said at the end of last week's program, this week I'm coming back with part two of my coverage of Dave Kersner. I've got more of my chat with Dave to play for you and lots more music from Dave's illustrious career, including his latest project, In Continuum. So I'm going to get things rolling. But you know, one of the nice things about doing two parts on an artist is that I feel like I have a little more leeway to play some epics, like this next one, the finale of Dave's 2017 album called Static. This is The Carnival of Modern Life.
Carnival of Modern Life from Dave Kersner's 2017 solo outing, Static. Now here's more of my chat with Dave. Do you think there will be any uh, upcoming live shows or a tour or anything? Um, I don't know. Uh, I found, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, everything, first of all, everything for me, but I also think maybe uh, on the whole in the music industry feels like an experiment because the music industry itself is changing. People are changing, you know, even just like the difference between how people viewed an album in the nineties versus now in the nineties, CD sales thrived mm -hmm. today. People like most people, the majority expected to just be free on their streaming service. Yeah not even realizing that streaming services don't pay the artists fairly. Mm -hmm. It's a really messed up thing where companies like Spotify are worth a billion dollars, yet they pay royalties of like fraction of a penny every time it streams uh, of two of the artists. So like bands like, you know, only the big, big bands make money and they don't even make that much money. Like Led Zeppelin, I don't know, like they, they show, they've, they've shown royalty checks. It's, it's a joke. And yet, they're worth a billion. It's like, well, somebody's getting the money. It's just not the artists. Yeah. And that's the industry somehow that we've allowed. And actually I don't boycott them because it, it is a useful service to reach new people since they are popular. So I'm not like, you know, totally against it, but I'm not willing to just give, you know, maybe just in a few rare cases, but I don't give away my albums in full on streaming services because you got to buy it, you know, like, how else can I afford, or any of these are any, any of us artists, you know, afford to make these albums if people don't buy it when you're done? It's like this is important. Is it's just as important as any job that anyone any anyone else does? It's a job, you know. It's not like uh, you know, I the way I do it, it's a job. It's not a hobby. I, I would not have enough time to do and and to have. You know, guys like Marco Miniman and, you know, world-class players, Steve Hackett or, you know, Steve Rothery. I mean, that all costs a lot of money. And um, so I forgot why I was saying all that. <laughs> we were talking about how the industry's degraded to the point where you don't make any money and you have to try to get people to buy your product, which is a sad state of affairs because, like you said, I mean, it is entertainment, but when you look at it, it's... Uh, you know, a lot of other entertainers are still making a lot of money, and it just seems like the whole idea of music as art and uh, as entertainment has gone out the window because people just figure, hey, I can get it free off the Internet. Well, you know, the unfortunate thing is, and when you really think about it, then it maybe sort of changes your, not your, like you or me, but, but like, let's say, let's say prog fans' perspective. You know, when you talk about the average person who's into let's say a pop hit or you know whatever it is pop hip-hop or you know some other popular style um they uh can afford to listen to it streaming there's such a mass you know critical mass that the because there's so many people buying things you know related to it concert tickets t-shirts you know, something that there's lots of money and the whole thing could be like, the album is, could even be like what's considered a lost leader. Where it's like, here's the album, yeah, don't worry about that. But just buy the t-shirts and buy the blah, blah, blah. And yeah. when there's such a huge volume, it works. Mm -hmm. And of course, like if there's a lot of money behind it, 
you can make a band. I'm convinced that like a band like Red Van Fleet was made because money was put behind it so that everyone knew about it. And every, you know, there's plenty of other bands that are better than them. I'm not saying they're bad, but like, you know, I'm not dissing them and all that, but I'm just saying like there's, you know, but they don't have the backing. So I don't have that kind of backing. I, I, I would love to just experiment and, you know, with, with a, a benefactor who would like to show up with millions of dollars and go, let's, <laughs> let's pull a Greta Van Fleet. Let's tell everyone that this is the new, you know, Genesis Pink Floyd hybrid or whatever you want to call it, right? And get it out there to the millions of fans that love that music and the new generation who would get into it like it's new. Like they never heard Led Zeppelin, they're hearing Greta Van Fleet. And then they get into Led Zeppelin probably early, you know, younger generations. Yeah, it could be, yeah. And, you know, um, and see if it becomes a hit because you made it a hit. And I think that's what happens these days is that, you know, things are made a hit because it's on American Idol or it's on television or it's this. And they tell you what the hit is. And it's like, no, man, the beauty of it is that there are people like, like me and Big Big Train and all these different bands. And they're just doing their art and they're putting it out there. And if everybody that likes this style of music was really sharp about it, they'd be like, you know what? I vote for that, man. I don't want to be spoon-fed this other stuff that everyone thinks is great. I like keyboard solos, and I like longer songs. And I like songs with you know, a story and albums with a, with a whole album experience, listening experience, whatever it is, concept albums. And it's like, well, if that's what you like, definitely buy it. And definitely walk around with a sign. You know, it says, this is, you know, this exists, man. You know, that rock and roll is always about like flipping the bird to the man. But the man took over and we didn't realize it. And it's like, man, you know, (laughs) we need to kind of like wake up and see that. I'm starting to get all a little speech here. But uh, you know what I mean? Like just kind of see what's at stake and what we have to gain by you know, making what the style of music we like more popular by inspiring others to listen and to buy it and and get viral, let's it's say. what I'm trying to do. Own. It's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm I with love, you. That's why I love the shows like yours and everything because that is all pushing forward, like people listening and thinking about it and going, oh, yeah, that's, you know. And, and it we start to, it's, again, the buzz term for this kind of, you know, side of the marketing is viral, but it's stimulated, you know, basically it's stimulated by money, because it's amazing to me actually. But like Facebook again, multi-billion-dollar company or whatever it is, needs money from artists. The amount of money I have to pay just for my post is seen yeah. by my own. Fans. I know what you I mean. I, I I couldn't get my my I couldn't wrap my head around that at first. It was like, all right, there's like, a, well, now there are, but there's like more than a thousand people that like my Facebook page, and whenever mm-hmm. I post, yeah, a hundred of them will see it, and it's that's just crap. I mean, if a thousand people say they like my page, then whenever I put something out there, a thousand people should see it. Absolutely. Yeah. They even liked your page, so they wanted to see it. They wanted you know, to see but- it. Yeah. It's it's yeah, they found that's the way they're going to make money. I don't agree with that, by the way. And and I I, I love Facebook for the things it offers for free and everything mm-hmm. is great. But I don't like the way they do those things. 
I think they should make money off the big corporations advertising and things like that. Not off the little guy. Come on, man. You know, like yeah, prog watch. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So, uh, but it is what it is. And, yeah, it is. Uh, but still, you know, what we need to realize is that Facebook is the man. But we, and you know, they, they, they sort of, but we can do what we want. We can go to the prog watch page. We can go to the in continuum page. We could share it. We can do all that stuff on our own for free. No one's going to tell us we can't do that. So even if they limit it, it's kind of like, well, that's just a curve. That's just a handicap. But at, but at a certain point, also, the algorithms start to work in your favor. Right. If you get the shares, realize, then there's hundreds and hundreds of more people that are seeing that, uh, yeah. you know, like an exponential thing. It's, it, it is. And it, that's what the viral effect is, basically. It needs to – things need to um, – get off the ground so people need a, to be uh, a little proactive they have to do something and that's what i think a lot of the people don't do they they're they like the page but they're not going to be active enough to like to like posts or share posts and if we just had that little bit of help there from just a few people it would really make a big difference I it think. is a few people but that realize it but what i think more more people need to realize is that progressive rock is like an endangered species it needs some seeding. It needs some, you know, it needs everyone to get out and push for it to be a sustainable business, let alone a thriving genre that gets more and more popular so that we get back to your original question, which was, I, I do remember, I forgot for a second, but I remember, are there going to be any live shows? Yeah, and I think um, I know what your answer is, but from what yeah. you've said, yeah. It, it, there would be shows if there was demand and ticket yeah. sales in every city that we would play. But unfortunately, not enough people even know about it yet. They don't know it by name, you know. And ironically, you know, some people suggested that we just call it Sound of Contact uh, when we could have, you know, some bands, a lot of bands would have. Yeah. I mean, two members quit. Yeah. And Matt and I were Sound of Contact. We still are. But uh, you know, I thought I'm just not. You know, it would be like the final cut or something. You yeah. know, like, where, yeah. where it's. I just, I'm not, I don't want to be, and also, you know, I know there would be a lot of people that would love it and a lot of people would hate it. And then maybe, like, you know, no, then, I don't want anybody to hate it. Then Simon I pops up with, to... you know, Simon Collins' Sound of Contact and you have like warring factions. And... Yeah, <laughs> so I call it something else, you know, and just be genuine and just, you know, but uh, the irony is that I'm maybe like a, a naive purist or whatever, like probably... I lost like half the sales by not just calling it Sound of Contact. And I've seen other bands do this too, where it's like, well, we got to call it this because, you know, if we call it that, no one's going to go to the show or no one's going to do that. It's like, oh man, that sucks. But, you know, still, I, I do believe in it. And it's just, it, it's again, it's just a curve. I've got to work that much harder for people to know what the hell in continuum is. If we were to roll into town, you know, that's not, it's not that everyone knows what Sound of Contact is either. There, there was a lot of work, more work to be done there too, but, uh, but Sound of Contact did tour some of it I was on, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And, uh, uh, you know, so anyway, I don't know. It's a chicken or the egg thing. When the demand is there uh, and the ticket sales are definitely there and the promoters feel like, yeah, we'll put up the money and we want this to happen. Because I know, I know that this band with any of the combination of musicians, whether it's Nick Di Virgilio on drums or Marco on drums, 
I mean, you know, and then Matt, of course, is solid. Randy and Fern, you know, or Wes, if we can get him. You know, it's like these are some of the, in my opinion, some of the best of the best in the in the progressive rock world today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not talking about myself. I'm just, you know, I'm talking about them. And me, I do what I do, you know. I, I, I play my keyboards and I sing and, you know, you either like it or you don't like it. But um, if you like sound contact, that's that's what I did there. I didn't sing, but, you know, I did sing backup. But uh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it's definitely a great live band. And the show would be awesome. You know, you hear it and you can you know, even imagine it live, you know, uh, with Gabriel Gudo floating in the air like Peter Gabriel did in Supper's Ready, you know, in, in, in Invasion, all that kind of stuff. It would be epic, but I don't want to do it like in a little club, not in Continuum. Yeah. It's just, it's got to be a yeah. concert. Yep. Do it upright or don't do it, yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this segment of the program, I'm going to focus our musical attention on Dave Kersner's current project, In Continuum which features Dave on keyboards and vocals, Gabriel Agudo on lead vocals, Matt Dorsey on bass and guitar, Randy McStein on guitar and vocals, and Marco Miniman on drums. There were also guest spots and cameo appearances by John Davison, Letitia Wolfe, Fernando Perdomo, Steve Hackett, Steve Rothery, John Wesley, Joe Dedinzon, Nick DiVirgilio, Michael Sadler, and more. From the first In Continuum album, Acceleration Theory Part 1, Aliena, released in the beginning of 2019, this is Man Unkind.
Unkind from Acceleration Theory Part 1, Aliena, by In Continuum. Now let's do another epic. This one from Acceleration Theory Part 2, Annihilation, released late in 2019. This is the penultimate track and the climax of the album, if you will, called Annihilation.
Once again, that was Annihilation from the second In Continuum album, Acceleration Theory Part 2, Annihilation. After the break, I'll have more Dave Kersner music and more of my chat with Dave. The vinyl may be gone. The album art may be a JPEG. Radio lives on forever. In this final segment of the show, we will hear the last piece of my conversation with Dave Kersner. Musically, I also wanted to touch on one of his other projects from a few years ago, Mantra Vega. The band featured Dave Kersner and Heather Finley, formerly of Mostly Autumn and now fronting her own band, as well as Dave Kilminster, and had guest appearances by Troy Donlocky and Aryan Lucasen. From their debut album, The Illusion's Reckoning, this is Veil of Ghosts by Mantra Vega.
Veil of Ghosts from Mantra Vega's 2016 release, The Illusion's Reckoning. Now for the rest of my chat with Dave Kersner. Do you think you'll continue to at least develop the In Continuum band uh, as you know, a recording entity, or are you going to go and do some more solo albums? And uh, I'll throw in one more thing. What about Mantra Vega? Will there ever be another Mantra Vega album? Those are good questions. Um, well, let me answer in the order. Uh, yes, there's a third In Continuum album being made, and for so actually, I have sessions with Marco uh, in two weeks, and um, I've already recorded stuff with Nick Virgilio and also Marco as well, um, and the other guys. Um, and these would be primarily, uh, again, same sort of um, ratio of two thirds of the album was sound of contact stuff and a third of it is new or half and half but i think it's two thirds to one third so two thirds of the next in continuum record was I've, I've exhausted all my songs from sound of contact two the album two it'll be alien album but uh there was a bunch of songs that i had that we jammed on and sometimes even recorded a bit but never finished for dimension on and i was sort of holding them for sound of contact you know, and and for me, I can speak for my only speak for myself. It just like it's like an itch. I, I if I have a song that I like, this is in limbo. I feel a responsibility to the song to follow through and, and release it. Mm-hmm. So there's this these beautiful songs that you know could have been even on Dimension Odd if it was a double CD, uh, or if we did a deluxe edition, which I would have been into. But you know, I mean. I mean, uh, but uh, so this would be the third in continuum record. And then after that, there's no plans except for a little bit of talk about wouldn't it be fun to get together and write the music together. And then I, I would still probably write the lyrics because I like to I like one person to write the lyrics. Like even in Montre Vega, it's not me. It's, it's Heather. Actually, Heather writes 90 percent of the lyrics and I write like 10 percent of the lyrics in that project or at least for that album uh and i, I kind of like it that way because it's like consistent um but i did enjoy uh, co-writing lyrics with simon actually we, we had a lot of fun but it's just you know generally speaking it's just a little bit more like you know someone's vision i, I like mm-hmm. the idea that, like the lamb lays on broadway i actually like that gabriel kind of took the reins on that even though it's a little cryptic but still it's got a consistency to it uh, but anyway, it's one of my favorite Genesis records. But Great the, um, but so anyway, um, I'm gonna. I have a new solo record, so that's gonna come next. Then the In Continuum record number three. Um, I have been talking with Heather, and we do have plans for. Um, I guess I could say it here: uh, a uh, high resolution version of. of the album illusions reckoning with a few bonus tracks previously unreleased um and that's going to be on my Bandcamp page the sonic elements.bandcamp.com um and then maybe a few other surprises uh you know not maybe like a full album but maybe some new songs and snad you know or some unreleased things you know just digging through and seeing what we've got um the thing about mantra vega is that that project was uh, another one that in re- it was fun in theory like me being an american and the whole band being like mostly from york 
you know, and just working with new people and everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I originally was, it was going to be more of like a proggy Fleetwood Mac thing where I was going to sing more, but then we ended up going a little more toward just, you know, her singing. And it kind of went, you know, it was originally before it was Montrevega. I was just going to produce her solo record. And then, you know, she was the one who said, what, maybe we should just do this as a band. And, but I hadn't thought through like, well, how, how much time can I really spend in England? Can I tour? Can I, you know, be there for months and months and months and months to make the record? That's why I didn't end up mixing the record. I mixed the single, but I didn't mix the record because it was like, I, I got to get back. You know, like, with our, you know, we were over schedule. And when I'm over schedule here, it's no big deal. I'm in my own studio. I'm not even paying studio time. But, uh, but there, um, I had to get back and it just, so it, it, the thing sort of fell apart just because it really was, it didn't have legs. It didn't really have a way of sustaining itself. It was sort of like, but you know, if we were to look at it more like, uh, a studio project perhaps, or, uh, you know, the occasional cameo, um, if we, you know, if we can agree on things and all that kind of stuff, but, um, you know, it's another one of those things too, even with just two people, because technically Macho Vegas really just Heather and I, and then everyone else is kind of part of it, but not like at the core of it. Um, and even that can be too many cooks in the kitchen because if Heather wants to do one thing and I want to do another thing, um, it's like, well, who, you know, and so to me, I kind of felt like, all right, you take the reins on this one. And she ended up, again, I respect her for this because she had a similar sort of, she could have just gone out as Montrevega and played those songs, but she went out as the Heather Finley band and played those songs and sort of respected the fact that Montrevega was us, you know, with me involved. And that's sort of how I feel about Sound of Contact with Simon. It's kind of like, listen, I love Simon. I'm not against Simon. I don't want people out there to think, oh, he doesn't appreciate Phil Collins' son. Screw him. I'm the biggest <laughs> Phil Collins fan ever. You know, like, it's like, dude. So am I, man. I, I work with Genesis. I still do. You know, those guys. I help them all the time. And I love them. You know, so it's really, uh, you know, like, look. And I love Simon, too. I would do anything to help that guy. He's awesome. But, you know, I, I can't do things for other people. They have to want to do the same things that we do. So, but anyway. So with Heather, like, we just had some cool talks about, like, doing some things. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, it's, it's, she's got a lot of things going on. I got a lot of things going on. But, uh, you know, that, that's a cool record. And I'm glad, you know, a lot of people, I hear about it, you know, here and there, people saying, oh, well, you know. Um, so I'm not opposed to it. But it just, it needs to be, now that we know what's realistic, we didn't really know going into it, like, I hadn't really thought that through. How are we going to do this? Um, especially because, again, you know, when you're, okay, I'll just say this. Sorry, I'm so long-winded. Um, <laughs> The but hopefully it's good stuff because this is like I think it is. I think it's great stuff. So yeah, it, one of the things that I love about these English bands is they've got a circuit, they've got a scene over there. So if you live there, you get in the car and you tour. Yeah, I mean it's no big deal. Like you just, I mean it's you know it is. You have to stay in hotels or you stay with fans or whatever you do to do it, but you can do it much more affordably 
then if you're in America, yeah, and you got to go, go from over Miami there, over to Houston over to Vegas or whatever. Yeah, well, to like, me, here is one thing. Yeah. There's no scene. There's no consistent scene. There's no Robin two here yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's some cool places up north, and I did do that. And, it and was just nice. the size of America versus the size of England, they have all of that yeah. crammed in a smaller area. It makes it so much easier to. Yeah, yeah. and there's Prague Mag, there's Prague magazine yeah. there. There's no Prague. They magazine. got a Prague chart, right? Yeah, yeah. They have a yeah chart. we don't. So you know, so they've got right in their backyard uh, a place to do that stuff. Whereas me, you know, like, for instance, if I want to fly, you know, like, if I'm going to play with my band, there's at least going to be Fernando with me, you know, and, and, and then within Continuum, you know, there's, there's Marco and there's Randy. So, um, but you have to think, like, just flying the band over there costs at least five grand, six grand, seven, if, if the flights are like a thousand each. Or fifteen hundred each, mm -hmm. and so like, and you think of the size of the venue. If you do, if you do the math, you're like, oh yeah, actually, you know, they need to clear ten thousand dollars in order for this to the work, right? You know, uh, for for this show or this these couple of shows, and it's like, yeah, that's not gonna happen with like you know, a hundred tickets sold or two hundred tickets sold or, or you know, or or this guarantee for this festival, and it's less than the cost of the flight you know so it's like at the end of the day these things can't happen if they're gonna lose money yeah. and you know because who has money to lose you know if i you know was rich if i won the lottery or my dad was famous or you know if i had some sort of leg up on the situation i'd be all over it but i don't i'm just a you know a musician who's got to make my own way it's like anyone else and you know, I work with what I've got. Sometimes I do like Kickstarter campaigns to give it like a boost and get it off the ground. Um, you know, and sometimes just the sales of the albums or, you know, maybe even Sonic Reality and IK Multimedia success helps a little as well. Like have a sort of a day job, if you will, you know, a side, another business mm -hmm. entity that, that, you know, fuels things and one way or another. But still, I think to be able to tour, you need six figures budgets you know to really do it right and um so it's chicken and the egg you know when, when you know when, when there's no less risk and more guarantees then that stuff can happen but we're getting back to that but anyway yeah all the other stuff you mentioned solo albums in continue next in continuum uh something with mantra vega uh and and i just released a just now actually um, an album called Breakdown, which is uh, something that Cherry Red Records, who put out Static, uh, wanted to do uh, with Yes's management, who also I work with uh, for this uh, for these albums. They wanted to have a combo, like a best of, but like like it's sort of an introduction to my music, mm -hmm. um, and you know, because they don't have New World, for instance. Um, and of course they don't have to mention it, um, or the Montre Vega album. And these are all like part of my catalog or whatever of songs I've written. So I did covers like there's a cover of only breathing out with me singing and totally redone, um, from sound of contact. There's an unreleased, um, version of a Montre Vega song and some other things on this two CD compilation that was purposely priced really low. So that's out. And that's kind of like, in a way, something new from all of those projects yeah. uh, in one. 
So I hope you enjoyed listening in on my chat with Dave Kersner. But don't go just yet. I have a little more great music to share with you before I sign off. First, though, a big thanks to Dave for taking the time to talk with me. And thanks to you for coming along for the ride. Please don't forget to check out progwatch.com where you can listen to any episode I ever did, subscribe to the show, check out artist links, find ways to follow me on social media, contact me via email, or maybe even support the show if you enjoy it and it has value to you. Any support is greatly appreciated. Speaking of support, please help Dave Kersner keep making his great music. He's got that fantastic compilation album called Breakdown out right now, the new In Continuum album, and the Sonic Reality Yes tribute album. When I post this show to my website, progwatch.com, I'll have links that you can follow to find out more about Dave and his work. So that's it for this week. I'll leave you with one more Mantra Vega tune from their album, The Illusion's Reckoning. This is In a Dream. So be well, and prog on, my brothers and sisters. <laughs>